Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Wednesday, October the 12th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and yesterday we saw hello to Vito, one of our rotating guests we'll have throughout the year, and we say hello to another one, someone who was on with us a bunch of times last year, DJ Mitchell, joining us today on the Wednesday show, ready to help us break down this six-game NHL card. DJ, happy start of the hockey season to you, my friend. Yes, uh, it's it's probably my favorite time of the year for Daily Fantasy, and I don't like betting quite as much. Uh, I do a little bit because I think that there is some spots, but this is when you really get the galaxy brainers. You get the people that have no idea what they're doing, just entering complete randomness and you can take advantage of it. So I primarily focus on daily fantasy, but I do think that there's an edge and quite a, I think every game at least has one or two spots that I'm pretty in- intrigued by. So we'll, we'll get to everything though. Yeah, definitely we will. We'll break down the six games. Briefly, we'll touch upon what we saw in the two games uh, last night. Uh, great performance by the New York Rangers. Mika Zibanejad in particular. DJ Zbad, if you go by his uh, DJ name when he was playing for the Senators when he was at the clubs, throwing down a set list or two. Uh, but he was throwing down some beautiful moves and some great goals last night. Great shot, great release, great deep move, and a backhand roof job uh, on the shorthanded goal to get things going for the Rangers. Uh, Igor Shosturkin. Looked like he was in mid-season form in net. It was just a real solid performance, and they really carried the play much of the night uh, toward Tampa Bay, uh, and they end up getting a nice victory in that game. Solid start to the year. And do we get concerned about Tampa Bay moving forward, that maybe it's just, you know, your easier way into the season? Kind of looked like that with that kind of lethargic, you know, type of performance we saw from the Lightning uh, last night in that game and a really good second game of the doubleheader with Vegas and LA back and forth. It was really a good game. Even in the second, after the second period, when it was one, one, it was, you'd think low scoring, not much is happening. That wasn't the case. Uh, it was a very good back and forth game. There were chances, good opportunity, good puck movement. I was very impressed with how Bruce Cassidy already had this Vegas team playing with great structure, something that I think was breaking down for them toward the end of last year. Uh, I thought they jumped their defenseman into the play, which was nice to see. They had net drive. That's something Bruce Cassidy said in his post-game press conference after that win. They had players going to the net looking for uh, loose pucks. Uh, it's funny because in the at that press conference last night after that victory uh, over the LA Kings, uh, Bruce Cassidy said there was a couple things they did early in the game that some of his players did. Called it a little bit of old habit. He's what he said. It's almost like, yeah, more like shit coaching from Peter DeBoer, right? Uh, that's really what it was, a little bit of old habit, trying to get a, get away from some of those tendencies they had under Peter DeBoer when this team completely obviously collapsed down the stretch last year. I think the most imp- uh, the, the best attribute of that win, not only finding a way, they responded every time L.A. scored. Mark Stone, who didn't play his best, I think he was hurt last year. His offense dried up, and then he got the game winner last night. But it was Jack Eichel. You know, he was all over the ice. He had that chance in the first period that he break away. He shot over top of the net. And then, of course, he ended up getting one of the goals early in the third period to make it 2-1, get the Golden Knights rolling in that game. So it was a nice win for Vegas, and uh, they win in Bruce Cassidy's uh, debut. And uh, a great job, by the way, by the uh, broadcast. Good, the ESPN did a nice job with the two broadcasts last night. It was just funny to see, though, poor Leah Hextall. She can't catch a break, right? 10 minutes into the friggin' season, into that game, and there's already people saying how they she's they're annoying, she's annoying them. Uh, it didn't take long for that uh, band to uh, start uh, playing their music, uh, so to speak. Uh, but a very good, uh, fun, exciting uh, opening night of hockey. Alex, what did you think of last night? Yeah, it was an entertaining night. Uh, it wasn't the most profitable night for me. I lost my 
uh, over five and a half best bet on the Rangers and, and Lightning. And Igor Shesterkin was just masterful. I mean, if he can play like that, you know, 50, 55 times a year, we, he's definitely going to be a, a Vesna winner and, and more than likely, like I said, leading this team. I feel that this is a team that's built to win a cup. Uh, and, and this is just night one, obviously. You don't want to jump the gun, but they look really good. And he knew they were going to be fired up playing Tampa Bay after the way the, the postseason ended. And you look at the Lightning, you know, we, we called it. They, they look kind of lethargic right now and, and very conservative and timid. Uh, and so that's something that you're going to, you know, have to keep in mind the next, at least the next month, month and a half when looking at this Tampa Bay Lightning team. It's not even going to be the kind of freewheeling hockey that we're seeing from them, you know, previous years. Well, okay, yeah, they struggled early or, you know, they did a little bit, you know, jet lags from the postseason. But at least they were scoring goals left and right. They don't look like the team that can score five or six goals a night like they did in previous years. They look like they're going to try to win games 3-2, 4-2, grind you down. They're almost going to take their playoff style of hockey and kind of use that format into the season. I don't know how that's going to really work for them uh, early in the year because that wears on you as well. And, you know, like I said, the third period, it was five minutes left. They were gassed. Like, it, they were gassed as if they had been playing, you know, three night, three games or four nights. And that was a, a really big glaring sign for me. So I'm going to be looking to fade uh, Tampa Bay a couple more times, probably within the next week or two. Uh, the other game with Vegas and L.A., and I was really close to making it. This is my best bet, actually, with the draw uh, at plus 330. Looked like it was about to sail in, and then all of a sudden you see Vegas with 20 seconds left. Uh, basically turned my head and turned back to the TV and see that they scored, make it 4-3. So great game. Jonathan Quick still looked pretty good. Uh, you know, the goals that he got beat on were goals that, you know, no one was going to save. So, uh, you know, I think rumors of his demise have been exaggerated a little bit. He's still got something left in the tank. And Vegas, if they can get, you know, Phil Kessel being the facilitator, I think that's going to be a really big thing for his game. And you know, Vito kind of talked about the two that, you know, he's still got hands. And not only can he put the puck in the back of the net, but he can definitely set up guys around him. That's going to be his biggest strength with Vegas right now. And, uh, you know, if they can get some solid goaltending from Thompson, you know, maybe they're one of those teams that they'll be a, a good bet on team. I still think they fall short of making the playoffs eventually, but I think they're going to be a team definitely that's just going to be uh, competitive and, and kind of, uh, you know, one of teams just hang around every night and you'll be able to get some good value on them. Yeah, you, you hit on an excellent point, Alex, about Tampa. I mean, when they were down 3 1 in that game, did you see any sort of push? Did you see any sort of them? No urgency. Sort of, yeah, yeah, like big hornet's nest around Shesterkin and they're swarming the Ranger net at any point? No, you really didn't see them really mount that kind of push when they were down by two goals in the third period. It's concerning uh, for sure. And it makes you wonder is the gas tank already running on E for them. And you're right. Stretch pass goes awry uh, for Vegas or for LA there. And it's turned over in the neutral zone. And that led to the Mark stone goal uh, to win at four, three uh, in that one late uh, for the uh, Vegas goal, the Knights uh, in that one, but a solid uh, victory for them uh, in that one. And uh, we'll see if Vegas can build on that. Uh, DJ, just some opinions from you, what you saw last night. Yeah, I mean, no, number one, I think, for like, betting and fantasy is penalties were way up still. Like, there was a ton of penalties both ways. That's what kept Tampa in the game. Um, that's I why... couldn't believe it, DJ. Scotty Upshaw, who does the miss, uh, Missing Curfew podcast, he says, great night of hockey. Great. It's nice to see the refs put their whistles away. What What are you talking I about? What, what games know. were you watching? Yeah, <laughs> see, it, it really did seem to. Like, I mean, we always talk about what's the best indicator of a penalty or a, a team getting a power play. It's it, Did they just take a penalty? And, like, we just kept seeing that over and over again. Sometimes it was obvious. I mean, we saw, you know, a guy come out of the box, right? I think 
Tampa or the red doesn't matter. And I just immediately high six the guy in the face. And it's like, all right, sometimes it's not the rest, you know, what are they going to do? I, I, I didn't think there was anything egregious either. I just think that they were going, they're calling it exactly how they see it. I don't think there were any missed calls. They're just calling everything. It was, um, it was good to see from, for fantasy. And it's why if you look through the minutes, you'll see like the Rangers and Tampa had all their top guys get a ton of run with Tampa, even more than anyone else. Like their five on five minutes for Kucherov point and Stamkos are pretty staggering Uh 24 for each of them. And I think that's going to move forward because their depth is just that bad. Um, the Rangers, if you look at like shot tides and, and different other, um, you know, other visualizations, you just see that it correlates exactly to when that line was off the ice. Uh, Rangers just absolutely pounced on them. Um, and the Rangers depth just won that game. Um, I was worried about that game for many reasons. I didn't end up betting anything but Braden Point to have a point, to have his shots and stuff because it just seemed like the one misprice. But um, I, that game went about as expected. I just worry that um, Shesterkin regression could happen, and it just didn't happen yet, and maybe it won't happen. Um, and Vasilevsky was awesome. The, the second game, the better game, Jonathan Quick, a better than expected. Again, that, the, my concern was the goaltending. I liked the over, and I just couldn't get there. And I just kept thinking, it, it's like, am I really – I felt like I was betting the over just to bet something. And then – it shouldn't have hit it felt like, but it did. So a lot of the, a lot of people in the community, I know you well on that. That game as well was uh, Vegas is shooting from everywhere. And the number one thing for me, I know we talk about Phil Kessel look good, but he actually freaking backtracked. Like maybe Bruce Cassidy just has these boys going. They have a great defense. They have seemingly buy-in. I don't think Logan Thompson's great. I think he's borderline replaceable level. And, and maybe, you know, they'll end up looking to make a move somewhere, but if they have everyone bought in and Bruce Cassidy as a coach, I think they're just going to be really, really good. Um, so I like that. Uh, I had, you know, I had Eichel for a point. I had Eichel for shots. Um, those kit and Fiala was was the miss. Uh, you know, that was the one guy that I, I kind of pegged as, you know, they're pricing him as if he's still lined to a Minnesota and now he's lined one power play one. I thought he looked pretty good. He had the tertiary assist. Didn't quite get me the, the actual assist, but that was the one big miss for me. I had him in a couple parlays for shots over two and a half and, um, he only had two. I thought he had a third in the in, at the end there. He put one right at the net. They didn't award him the shot. What are you going to do? You move on. But nothing other than the penalties being called. And that's why tonight, I think for DraftKings, I guess I'll just give my one note for if you're making lineups. I'm not afraid to game stack any of the main games. Probably wouldn't actually play Chicago as, as a bring back against. Um, uh, not even because I think Chicago is inherently like unusable in daily fantasy it's just because they're priced way out of consideration they're like they're priced as if i mean they're like you're like patrick kane over like evander kane like are you kidding me like probably not they're like the same price so but i think that like going with a game stack mentality um taking toronto and montreal taking um vancouver as a bring back against mcdavid like i think that's really really going to be sharp tonight because people just won't do it they're going to try to spread the wealth like there's four or five really good spots how can i get pieces of all of those spots and yep. maybe one of these games gets a ton of penalties, a ton of minutes to the top guys, and all the points come through there. Uh, I think it's going to be more unique. So that's kind of how I'm attacking. Just try to use the game theory against other people. Um, but we can get to the, the, the game. I just wanted to give that note. Yeah, and a great mention of Phil Kessel. You mentioned how, yeah, he was back-checking, great defensive. That one defensive shift is about as dog. And I said this on Twitter last night during the game. It's about as dogged and determined I've ever seen him work away from the puck and defensively. It's like you chalk up a W already for Bruce Cassidy. He's getting this kind of defensive effort night one out of Phil Kessel. I mean, holy goodness, what a job. And he you know, took the puck away, got a takeaway defensively during that shift. It was great to see it. Loved it. Uh, hopefully he keeps on doing that for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, no question. 
Uh, hopefully, we keep on providing some winners uh, here on uh, the Ice Guys show. What a great night with the props in the second game. The first game, not so much because it was a little lower scoring, and the you know the two Ranger goals were uh, two of the three goals were Zabanajad uh, in that game for the Rangers. We didn't have him, but the LA game. I mean, Kaliev at plus four sixty goal score prop uh, cashes. Uh, Gabe Velarde plus four hundred goal score prop cashes. So, uh, and of course, we had Kempe, we had Eichel. It was a really good game for uh, player props last night with the Golden Knights and the Kings. All right, let's get to Wednesday's action. We will start with the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina minus up to minus 280. I say up to minus 280 because they opened minus 210. Huge move toward the Hurricanes here, minus 280, and a big move on the total uh, as well. This was six, you know, for basically the last few weeks since the uh, opening games of the season were posted at all the different sports books. But now it's six and a half across the board. And I think a lot of this is the uh, reaction to the Elvis Merzlikens news that he is out tonight for the Columbus Blue Jackets under the weather, uh, not starting for the uh, Blue Jackets tonight. And as a result, Daniil uh, Tarasov uh, is going to get the uh, opening night assignment here for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. And uh, a goalie that when you look at his play, um, you know, not so good last year when he was getting duty uh, in the uh, regular season for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, a guy that from all indications didn't have a great training camp or preseason either uh, for the uh, Jackets. And this is going to be a team, when you look at this roster, they have a, a, a potential to be a very good scoring team up front. They bring in, of course, Johnny Gaudreau, uh, Boone Jenner now, the new captain of the team, will center that top line with Gaudreau and Lion A. Uh, what a line that could possibly be. You've got Voracek, who can, I think he had 50, 60 assists last year. He showed you he can still be an elite playmaker. Doesn't give you many goals anymore, but he can still playmake at a very high level. Roslovic had a crazy second half of the year last year offensively. And playing with them on that second line is, this is no joke, the league-leading preseason goal scorer, Igor Shinikov, here for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. And uh, that's a little hint-hint about player props for this game right there. Uh, Igor Shinikov, who's going to play on that second line, who was uh, terrific in the preseason with six goals, one assist, seven points in six preseason games for the Jackets. Very well deserving a top six forward role to begin the year. Uh, Cole Sillinger centering the third line with Justin Danforth, Gus Nyquist, uh, Eric Robinson, Sean Corrali, Matthew Oliver, uh, Olivier, I should say, uh, uh, rounding out the forward group. Wierenski, Boquist, Gavrikov, Peak, Bean, uh, Branson banged up, so we might see Blankenberg, the Michigan product, instead. But the point I'm trying to make with Columbus is they've got a great forward group, but look at these forwards. A lot of them aren't great defensively away from the puck. They're not two-way forwards. They're not defensive-minded forwards. And the blue line is a, you know, a blue line that obviously had their share of problems last year as well defending, and I don't know if it's leaps and bounds better. And now you've got Tarasov, who's an unproven goalie who didn't play well in the preseason. It's going to be a rough night defensively for Columbus, but they're going to be capable of scoring goals. Can they do so against Carolina, who we know the last few years have been an elite defensive team, one of the league leaders in goals against uh, in the NHL? Uh, the main loss for them in the offseason was Nino Niederreiter. He's gone, but you've still got Taravine and Aho Jarvis, which is going to be a terrific top line. You know me with my Seth Jarvis props last year, how many times we backed that guy. Svechnikov got Kanyemi moving up to the uh, second line and moving to the country, going to meet me, Marty Natchez. Marty Natchez on the uh, second line uh, for the uh, Hurricanes to begin the year. If Kot Kanyemi can bounce back, that can be a solid line, but he's that, that's putting a lot on his plate 
Uh, let's see if he can earn it for uh, Rod Brindamore. Stastny, Stahl, Faust, Martin Nuke, Stepan, Kasha, who is a good player but never can stay healthy uh, for, uh, on that fourth line. The blue line's fine. Slavin, uh, they bring in Brent Burns, of course, from the in the offseason. Brady Shea. Uh, Calvin DeHaan, Chatfield. There could be some shakeup with the blue line. Brett Pesci was dealing with the uh, injuries, but it looks like he'll be in uh, tonight for the uh, Jackets. Uh, good to go uh, for uh, tonight's game. So I like the over. I bet it was one of the first bets I made, uh, uh, really, of the NHL season in terms of these individual games, was the over in this game because I wanted to bet Columbus over the total early in the season. There are going to be, I think, a great over team with Gaudreau there now, with a great forward group, and be able to find the back of the net. But their defensive uh, deficiencies are still there in spades. Not a lot of forwards that are good back checkers and two-way uh, attention-to-detail type players. The blue line's below average defensively, and now you've got Tarasov in net. So Carolina should be able to score some goals. But I think Columbus is good enough offensively. Look, Freddie Anderson going to be in net here for Carolina. Hasn't played in a while. Uh, you know, because of the injuries he had late last year, he could be a little bit shaky out of the gate. So I like goals in this one, even at six and a half, we'll go ahead, recommend over the total with the jackets and the hurricanes. Alex, what do you like here? Uh, you're muted. There we go. Got that. All right. First time. First, time. <laughs> right. First of any, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I liked, I liked over six. I grabbed that a week ago and I liked it just off of the fact that, like I said, the styles of these two teams and, and, Historically, we've seen the under come in for the last five meetings. But when you look at Carolina, it's a lot like what I said yesterday with uh, Tampa Bay and, and the New York Rangers. Those are teams that play kind of low and slow hockey in the postseason. And I think that people kind of look at that and say, oh, that's just what they what they do. It's like, no, they change and adapt styles. That's the reason why I like Carolina so much, because they're one of those teams that can adapt and play any way that you want to play. If they want to go up and down the ice, if they want to, you know, check hard and, and, and skate and grind things out, they can do both ways. And this definitely seems like a game that was going to fly back and forth. And now you got Tarasov, who um, I'm going to update the goalie charts on uh, patreon.com slash ice guys as soon as we're done with the show. But I have him as a big drop-off uh, to his Merzikans. Uh, and Jet Greaves is now going to be the backup as well. So, you know, because you're already dealing with Corpus Allo being out. So you're using your third and fourth string goalies at the beginning of the season uh, against a Carolina team that can really, like I said, you know, go up and down with you and, and get a bunch of goals. I like six and a half as well. I would say wait for six to pop up live if you didn't already grab six before. Uh, I, there's no reason, even at plus 110, I just feel more comfortable getting a six rather than the six and a half. Uh, but I think this should go over both of those numbers, to be honest. I think it's gonna be a really fun game to watch. Yeah, it should be a very fun game. Uh, prop wise, uh, I took a flop like maybe you're just putting your you're putting your money in the incinerator and lighting it on fire, betting on anyone but Austin Matthews to win the Rocket Richard. But I did take you know Patrick Lyonet at 50 to one. Uh, to win the Rocket Richard, just because he's going to have Johnny Gaudreau feeding the pucks on his tape night in and night out, and that could make Patrick Lyonet just explode in terms of goal scoring this year. So I thought it was worth a flyer anyway for the Rocket uh, with uh, Patrick Lyonet, who I like to score a goal tonight at a good plus price. Shinnikov, absolutely. It's probably my favorite player prop on the Columbus side is Shinnikov. And you know I'm going to be backing my guy Seth Jarvis for uh, Carolina. No question about that. And Carolina probably worth a look here with some props as well against, like I said, this subpar Columbus D. What do you think here, DJ? Jackets, Hurricanes? Yeah, um, not a ton of props posted for this game. It's uh, kind of been 
waiting all day for this game to give us a little bit more action. Uh, I kind of agree with everything you said. I mean, it's the Corsi Canes. It's Brent Burns on the Corsi Canes on the first power play. Um, I mean, not completely, completely confirmed, but from someone I know that works for the Canes, it should be Jarvis, Aho, Teravainen, um, Cockney, I think Cockney, I mean, I think Cockney, I mean, that front um, Burns and who's the other. I, I, I might be Cockney. I mean, I think that's net front on the first unit, but it's not, it still sounds like it's not special golf on the first power play unit, which is disappointing, but it will be Jarvis. He is, I mean, if you're playing DraftKings, you're playing, making lineups. He is like 3,400 absolute like best price in the entire slate. I can't find him for a point prop yet, but that's okay. I think that the best two props, I really like Sebastian Ajo shot prop over two and a half. Um, I just think that that line is going to dominate wherever they go up against. They have the home matchups to get them against any other line besides the top line, which I don't even think is going to be great defensively. Like, Gaudreau is so good that he can make up for not being good defensively, but Line A, I don't think can. He's just really going to be a goal scorer and a, a rate shooter. And Boone Jenner is fine, but uh, they'll get away from them. Uh, Aho in the preseason was the guy that, that was shooting. I mean, if you look at I don't like to use preseason as a big indicator. It was two games, but he was absolutely firing in both of them. So maybe they're going to try to open him up more. That's just kind of, you know, I'd rather get to him early because we know the rates can come with him. It's just like, he's one of those players that's so skilled that it's like, does he want to shoot? Like if you watch him play, he'll be like, why didn't you shoot that? Because he sees the game differently. So uh, I just think that in this scenario, when they have the backup goalie, they will be shooting. And therefore I'm going to bet on Ajo over two and a half. And then Brent Burns, anytime point minus 130. Again, Corsi Canes, Brent Burns is still Brent Burns. Like, he's not in the Sharks anymore. Unleash Brent Burns. Those are the two that I like off the cuff. Um, I've also talked ad nauseum about Chinnikov. Um, He beat out Emil Benstrom, which I feel like was maybe not surprising as much as it was just so blatantly obvious. And, like, both of them look good. They both had goals in preseason, but they needed that secondary scorer to, to make the team. And he just won. So I'm a huge fan of him. I'm not sure if I'm going to be betting him too much tonight just because it's the Corsi Canes. I worry that they're not going to have a, a ton of good opportunity, even though they lose a guy like Trocek. I still think Paul Sa- or yeah, Paul Sasney can play, almost like Peter Sasney. I got confused there. but um, So I, I just don't know if I want to be taking a lot of my money and putting it on any Blue Jackets because they might just not have a ton of volume here. Um, but, yeah, those are really the only two bets. And then that we, if, you, if you missed the, the over, you missed it. Maybe if it keeps going up, you could bet the under because I just don't see the Blue Jackets scoring a ton here. So you're really just, I don't know. I, I think the under could end up getting there. Like, I don't think this this game is really right on like a six and a half for me. That's my, let me check, double check my math. I'm almost positive it is just like right on the, I think it's just under six and a half. What is it? 6.08 is my projected goal. So, I mean, you could, yeah. it's, again, like it's not an eighth of a goal. So you're kind of just saying like, is there going to be that last, uh, you know, goal in and the goalies are bad. So, I don't think there's an edge on that. I definitely don't think there's an edge on either side because I do think that the Blue Jackets are a better team than people give credit for, but not with this goalie. So I'm just going to take some props and move on and definitely play Jarvis in Daily Fantasy. Yeah, that's going to be the issue for Columbus. They're above average offensively. They're below average defensively. They're potentially well below average defensively. So that's going to be their. That's going to be what they have they, to overcome. They need, they need some growth from some guys yeah. for sure. I I do think Bean is a good player. I do think um, Bolkvist is a really good player. I know he comes over from Chicago, so yeah, you um, as you saw him play, and uh, it's just like, do they grow with Wierenski and find a way to be? Um, you know, guys that can move the puck offensively, move the puck out of the zone because their other defenders are just more defenders. Um, Gabrikov and they're how you even think about saves name top of my head, but you know, what I'm talking about 
we don't. If we're going to start talking about fourth fourth defenders, we can probably move on. That's that's I think. And you DJ, know you mentioned it too. That's going to be the plight all year when you take props, player props, with any you know player against Carolina, any team from the opponent of Carolina. You know, you cannot get points, you cannot get goals, you cannot get shots on goal if you don't have the puck. You know, and that's always going to be what's you know, Carolina is great at just possessing the puck and not letting you have it. You know, very yeah, often. No, so not not uh, the team to build a ladder against. If if you're laddering shots, they're not the team to go with against. Yeah, they're just not going to allow. And which is again, the last last note is like, oh, it's hard for me to get a save prop with Carolina yeah. because I just if the game doesn't go right, it's never going to get there. And they might lower it as the year goes on, so maybe it's worth an underlook, but. I don't know. Um, I don't even think they posted it yet for any of the games on DraftKings. Yeah, they got nothing for goalies. Why would I? I'm not surprised. All right. Next up, we've got Boston Bruins, Washington Capitals. Uh, the Capitals here minus 140. Uh, home favorite, six the total. Um, the the Cylinders, the other guy, I forgot to mention for Columbus. Sprinkle on him too because he had a good preseason. And now with Kent Johnson sent down, it's going to mean more uh, time for him. Uh, for the uh, Jackets tonight, at least for tonight. Uh, in this game, look, one of the things I'm going to work on this year as host of the Ice Guys show is not becoming a babbling brook when I don't have a strong uh, opinion uh, on certain games. And this is one I don't have a strong opinion on. This is fade versus fade for me. I'd rather really go against both of these teams rather than bet on them right now. Both of them are banged up going into this season opener. We know what the Boston Bruins, it's Charlie McAvoy, it's Matt Grizzlick starting the year out for the uh, Bruins, although there's hum- some hope that uh, both of them may not be quite out for as long a period of time as they initially thought. Anton Strawman, veteran defenseman uh, that they uh, picked up in the offseason, he has uh, got some uh, crossing the border uh, visa issues So uh, right now, so that's the uh, issue for him holding up his uh, debut with the Bruins. And, of course, you've got Brad Marchand uh, on IR, uh, one-third of the great, uh, quote-unquote, one of the best lines in the NHL, him and uh, Pasternak and Bergeron. Marchand will be out. Uh, but it, good news is at least Taylor Hall's good to go because he had some an injury that he suffered. But he'll be uh, taking that spot with uh, actually um, uh, Montgomery here, the new head coach Jim Montgomery for the Bruins is going with Bergeron, DeBrusque, and Hall as the top line. Uh, Pavel Zaka, who they got from New Jersey, will play with Krejci, who's back with the team after a sojourn in Europe, uh, and Pasternak on the second line. Uh, AJ Greer, someone that actually uh, turned some heads in preseason, uh, especially offensively. This guy's had a couple of goals in one of the preseason games. AJ Greer, he'll be playing with uh, Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith, who again are as streaky as it gets offensively for the Bruins. And then Felino, Tomas Noshek, uh, and uh, Jacob Lauko uh, rounding it out on the fourth line. Lindholm, Carlo, Riley Clifton, uh, decent top four. It's just the, the four Bert and. Jakob Zaborl is where you're going to see the drop-off here with no McAvoy, no Strawman, or no, I should say McAvoy and no Grizzlick uh, to begin the season. But Washington's got their share of issues too. You know, we've got no Tom Wilson to begin the year. We don't know when or even if at this point Nick Backstrom's going to come back. Uh, at this, His situation is looking more and more grave, more and more serious. Uh, and Carl Hagelin also on IR to begin the year. So they're down some key artillery up front. Didn't love the way this blue line played last year with Fehervari and Carlson, uh, Jensen, uh, not bad. Orlov's probably the best defensive-minded defenseman they've got. Uh, TVR and Gustafson kind of struggled at times their own end. Kemper comes over from Colorado, had a great regular season last year, but Darcy Kemper ain't going to have Colorado's blue line, ain't going to have a team that's going to possess the puck 80% of the game either. 
like uh, Colorado. Uh, Washington won't be that kind of team. So he's going to see more rubber. He's going to see more shots. He's going to see his team in the D zone a lot more than Colorado. So uh, get ready for that. So pass for me. I really don't have a big take on this game, side or total, and I'd just rather go against these teams. There's no reason for me to get involved backing either one because I'd rather go against them right now. Alex, what do you think here, Bruins Capitals? So this is another one I played a couple weeks ago before the line move, and I, I anticipated it because at that point, Taylor Hall was considered week to week, uh, and the Grizzly news had broke. So I got Capitals minus $1.20. We saw it balloon up to one forty. A couple of shops have $1.35, $1.33. So if you look at that, I would slightly recommend that maybe for a half unit. But uh, I, I played the Caps mainly because, like I said, I, I'm fading Boston a lot more than Washington this year. I think Boston takes a huge downturn. Uh, but like you said, you mentioned the guys that they're out with with injury. But just the way that they've played uh, you know, late last year and in the playoffs, they just, just seem really lethargic. And the same can be said for Washington as well. They're, they're the oldest team in the league. Uh, and they've had health issues as well. I just think that in a one-game set, I like Washington here in this spot, but these are two teams that probably won't be betting on a heck of a whole lot. Also, Washington has won 13 of the last 19 meetings against uh, the Bruins at home. So this has been a house of horrors for the Bees. Uh, I think that's going to continue. So I like Washington here to get the win tonight. All right, like in the Capitals here is the home favorite in this one. This is the first of the TNT, first TNT doubleheader of the season for their Wednesday night. Uh, doubleheaders get going tonight. They'll have this game as their first game up. Uh, DJ, what are you thinking here, Boston-Washington? Yeah, I mean, I I really think that this is it's a tough one to feel really good about. And I think early on, my problem with betting uh, or maybe overstocking my card might be the, is that a term people use in the betting? I don't know. But my problem is, is that like, we really don't exactly know what to expect with either of these teams. Um, we don't even really know what Washington's first power play is going to look like exactly yet. Uh, Boston, it's kind of like back to the old, but are these old guys going to come back in and be super useful? You know, I feel like I, I want to take Boston at plus 120. I think that that's a totally justifiable line. I think that Olmark is a really good goalie. I think Kemper's a good goalie too, though. I think I'm a little bit above what the um, – you know, the, the status quo is on those two guys. So I think they're both fine. I'm probably not going to get there just because I feel like you can attack this game differently and still get a good bit of um, edge, I guess, uh, in different ways. And I normally end up going to player props regardless, but if I had to, I would say that Boston plus 120 is totally fine to bet. But I'd rather just go through what I know and go through a guy like Pasternak, who is just clearly going to be the guy they want shooting the puck. I mean, him and Bergeron, both of them, like, I think that this is a game where if you're going to build a ladder, Pasternak, OV, Bergeron are just so obvious as guys to attack if you're going to do, like, a four-shot on goal for all three of them because those are just far and away the guys they want shooting the puck in every avenue. You look at that first power play unit, Lindholm, never been a rate shooter as a defenseman. He's clearly just going to be moving the puck as best he can. You have Krejci, who was never a rate shooter. He goes overseas, he comes back. He's clearly not going to start picking up a ton of shots. He's going to be tipping the puck, and if he's, it's in title, try to jam it home. That's the only way he's going to score. Um, there's no Marchand. That just takes away the only other real big rate shooter. So unless if Taylor Hall is going to jump in and get back to his old form, which I just don't expect, it's going to be Bergeron and Pasternak taking the majority of shots, and they're so skilled and talented, and they should be able to have possession enough against what I think is a weaker you know, Capitals down the line core, which will just end up seeing some minutes against both of these guys. But I could really convince myself that these two guys could both go over five, both go around four. And I think it's, you know, it's hard because they don't play on the same line together. But I guess you could also, you know, swing that the other way with taking a prop and saying that like, well, then they 
they can't both shoot at the same time on the ice together. So I, you know, so, um, and then just this Capitals team, I don't think is great. I think they are going to be petering right on the playoff line, but what is their main purpose this year? It's to keep Ovi going to get in the 50 goals. I mean, this is not going, they're just not going to get there. I don't think there's any scenario where they are the best team in the Metro or even a top two, maybe three team in the Metro. Ovi's going to be shooting the puck. They're going to feed him. He is still their guy. Backstrom, I would be kind of surprised if he ever, maybe if he plays again all season. Oshie's questionable. I, I keep an eye on what goes on with him. I don't know if we have a hard, um, hard and fast news on there. So who's going to be shooting the puck? Who's going to be, you know, the, the focal point? I just think that there's a really easy case to make that there's three guys that are so far and above the rest in this game that you could capture quite a bit more coin just by hoping all three of them hit together. Because I do think that there's, bad defense as well. Like think about both these teams. I think that's the one thing that we kind of touched on, not even like focusing on it, but all just kind of individually touched on. It's like defensemen are missing. We look at Washington. It's like, well, after Carlson, it's like, what do they got? Or Orlovs is not great last year. He was fine. Serviceable. They lose Justin Schultz again, not, not a big deal, but who steps in? I, I just don't think that either of these teams have very good defenses and they will allow shots. So I think that this game, will potentially have upside i think that that six i believe it is at right now is like exactly where it should be as a coin flip so you're telling me there's probably gonna be about six goals the goaltenders are okay i think there's just gonna be a lot of shots both teams trying to feed the right guys so i'm gonna go that way i'm gonna build a ladder in this game drafting is now offering that but you can't take them in the same game so i'll go over on FanDuel and do that myself uh, pasta ov bergeron probably for four and five put like 10 bucks on it and have a chance at making a ton of money if that all hits together well, the good news is it's free reign now, uh, now that we're uh, with a new platform here on the Ice Guys. We're, we're not just propping up DraftKings every day uh, on the show. We're spreading the wealth now. Uh, and FanDuel, you're right, for laddering props, like you said, shots on goal. You want to stretch it to three-plus shots, four-plus shots. You want to build those ladders, get those big-plus prices, go for those big paydays. FanDuel is a great book yeah, for that. I mean, shots can uh, lead to more shots. Just yeah. like if you watch a hockey game, and I know I hate these terms, but the one thing is like when teams are getting more risky and they're allowing more opportunities, that's to get them on their own. So if the game just starts flowing that way, where the teams open up and they loosen up and they start going, especially with – the top six being really the only useful avenues for both of these teams. So I mean, if they start trading chances, you're just going to be able to take, um, I'll, I'll type it in the, I'll type it in really quick on, on FanDuel. Cause I guess I can't, I'll, I'll see what the payout is. I'll just do $10. What it would pay out if all three of those guys get four shots and I'll, I'll report back in a minute. Yeah. And you can find if they, and if some of those uh, come through for you, like you, you can get some great, great prices on some of those, especially if you think it's going to be a high volume shot game. Uh, speaking of which we might have one here, Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadians, Leafs minus two forty five uh, road favorites in this game, six and a half being the total uh, across the board. Um, I, I ended up going over six and a half here uh, as a bet. Uh, Montreal. The question is, can Montreal chip in? I now again, you don't want to be prisoner of the moment of a preseason moment, but I just really don't know how this team's going to defend anybody with offense, with elite level offense, elite level forwards. I really don't know how Montreal is going to keep the puck out of the net. And keep in mind too, it's not just the blue line that bothers me. And what makes this worse for Montreal is the one guy I really like on this team is the guy they got from Pittsburgh in the Petrie deal, Mike Matheson. All right, and guess what? He's out tonight. He's not going to be in the uh, on in the lineup and on the ice for Montreal. So you've got to go to war with Caden Gooley and David Savard. You know, as your top D pair, trying to take care of Matthews, Marner, and Michael Bunting. 
uh, <laughs> that's that's going to be quite the challenge uh, for those two guys. Johnny uh, Kovacevic, Jordan Harris, Chris Weidman, who's been bounced around from team to team now the last few years. And I liked him as a, I'm a big Hamilton Bulldog. I'm a Hamilton guy, Hamilton Bulldogs. I cheer for them. He was great for us in the junior ranks. And that's, of course, Arbor Jackeye. And I am extremely uh, happy to see him make the team. Not only make the team, he's playing on the second friggin' pair for the uh, Montreal Canadiens on their blue line. That's phenomenal. The kid has worked his ass off to get to this point. You know, told he's not good enough, not drafted. Uh, work on your game, get better. Uh, and he did that. And he's found a way to put himself in the lineup by being physical, being a shutdown defenseman, dropping the gloves, sticking up for teammates, doing everything you can. You can do all those little things, all those intangibles, when you are just working your back off to get into the NHL. And that's what Arbor Jackeye has done uh, for Montreal. And uh, credit to him. That was all blood, sweat, and tears. That was all hard work and you know, just finding a way to get yourself uh, into the NHL. Uh, so credit to him for doing that. But still going to be for him and that entire blue line a, a difficult chore tonight uh, against the uh, Leafs. Who, uh, we were worried about John Tavares coming into the year. Would he be healthy? He is. So he resumes his spot on the second-line center uh, as the second-line center between William Nylander and Dennis Mulligan, who's one of my favorite player props tonight. I shit you not. Uh, this guy, I don't know what happened in the preseason. This guy was totally and utterly useless the last time he was with Toronto. It was a couple of years ago. He did absolutely nothing, and they punted on him. It was a brutal. They actually got him in the freaking trade that sent Mason Marchment to Florida, and I'm thinking, what a, what a disaster. Toronto gave up Marchment for this stiff? It's not doing anything. He's floating around out there. Can't find him with a telescope on the ice, Dennis Mulligan. Could, wasn't doing anything, not a thing for this hockey team. Sure enough, they, they they cut him. They don't want him back. Goes to Europe. He's lighting it up there, Dennis Mulligan. And so they sign him, Toronto, in the offseason. They bring him back. And I'm like, you got to be shitting me. They're bringing Mulligan back. He did nothing for this uh, team two years ago. Now he had a nice little flurry of offense in Europe here. He's all of a sudden going to make it work at the NHL level. I better, I got to see it before I believe it. But sure enough, in the preseason, he looked great. Absolutely for this Leaf team. And you got to give him credit for that. Uh, his numbers in the preseason off the chart, uh, five games, four goals, four assists, eight points, eight points in the five preseason games for Toronto. He's going to be playing on the second line role. He's got to be someone you consider in terms of player props to score a goal, to get a point, playing with uh, Tavares and Nylander uh, on that second line. No question about that. So, you know, now it's just a question of does it translate to the regular season, what he did. Uh, in the preseason, I, obviously we are playing with good players. You're playing against a team that's probably going to struggle to keep the puck out of their own net much of the season in Montreal. So there should be opportunity. And it's funny, the Leaf fans and the Leaf media here, because he had eight points and he's lighting it up in the preseason. You know what they're calling him now? Gino Morgan. <laughs> Gino Morgan. You know, obviously a Gino Morgan. We know how good he is with Pittsburgh. Let's calm down. I mean, we don't expect him to score like Evgeny Malkin. Uh, it's a clever nickname, but uh, let's see if he can do it in the regular season. But I'll take a shot that he can tonight, Dennis Morgan. Uh, certainly player prop-wise worth a look. Engvall, Kerfoot, Yarncroak is someone that really played well in the preseason as well for Toronto. Sheldon Keefe's already happy with what he delivers to this team, both sides of the puck. Zach Aston-Reese, Camp, Obey, Kubel, uh, Camp centering the hyphenateds 
as I like to call it, Aston Reese and uh, Obey Kubel. Uh, the blue line, Riley, Brody, Muzzin, Hall, Giordano, Rasmus Sandin is now signed and back on that starting blue line for the Leafs. I actually think it's one of their better blue lines in years, uh, to be quite honest. Uh, now, does it measure up with some other teams? No, but it's the best the Leafs have had the last few years. The question is going to be a net. Murray and Samsonov. Murray looked good in the preseason. Samsonov looked good in the preseason when they got in there. But let's see what happens in the regular season. I think at home, Montreal offensively with Caulfield, who's a good prop on the Montreal side, in my opinion. He was lighting it up uh, in the uh, preseason as well. Uh, they are worth finding the back of the net here. Montreal certainly can at least a couple of times. Toronto gets you the rest, and that's why I like this game over the total here, Leafs and Habs. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Toronto-Montreal? Yeah, this is uh, was a bit odd because that uh, bet online, which is one of the books I use, they hung a seven on this, and it's still there. It's been there for about over a week. And I thought that's awfully high because Montreal, he said they don't have the same kind of scoring prowess that Toronto does, but and I'm seeing it in the chat as well. Toronto, they struggled against Montreal. They struggled against Ottawa, teams that have been bad for years. But, you know, for some reason, when they play them, those those other teams seem to get jazzed up for the Leafs because it's, you know, it's a Leafs town first and foremost. It, it's basically Leafs country when you think about it in, in some ways. And so, uh, you know, I, I think the Habs and, and, and Sens, they take kind of exception to that and they play a little bit better. So we could see Montreal, out, you know, first – uh, game of the season, maybe get a little jazzed up early. Uh, and then, of course, reality kind of, you know, comes crashing in and then we see the Leafs kind of run away with it. So that's the, the way I'm looking at this. I'm probably going to take a first period over live. I'm seeing twos pretty much everywhere, but I think we can get a live price anywhere around 140 or, or cheaper at one and a half. I'll take a look for that. I think we can see maybe Toronto try to, you know, control and possess the puck a little bit early. They're not just going to just freewheel it uh, right away. I think they're going to try to you know, be a little bit more systematic. Like you mentioned, guys like Carly, Carly Yonkroke, great two-way forward, you know, adding that much-needed defensive depth that they need, not just on the blue line, but they need some good defensive forward play as well, and he's going to bring that uh, to this Leafs for uh, lineup this year. So mm-hmm. it should be an interesting game to watch, but I'm going to only just look for a live spot with the first period over, uh, nothing pregame and nothing on the side. All right, nothing uh, pregame here for uh, Alex. Yeah, I guess this is the chance for Kyle Dubas to make right the Mason Marchment trade. That was a horrible trend. When when Malkin flopped the first time with Toronto and they gave Mason Marchment away in that trade and look what he did in Florida. It was a coming out party for him. And now, of course, he's in Dallas. I thought, my gosh, what a horrible trade. But they brought him back, and he looked good. In the, he looked not just good. He looked great in the preseason, Dennis Mulligan. So let's see if he can translate it now to the games that count. Uh, what do you think here, DJ, Leafs and Habs? Yeah, no, I think you guys covered this pretty well. Um, th- this is the first test of uh, of a math versus brain, I think, for me, because I think the math here kind of leads to – if you if you, especially if you get a plus money, um, I, I think I found it for minus 105. I think the Habs plus one and a half is really, really justifiable and kind of juicy for some of the reasons you guys said, but I just think that this team can score. Um, but part of me just wants to believe that the reactionary – um, kind of metrics from last year are not giving enough credit to Toronto defensively. Um, and I think they might be a bit better. And, and I do worry that they're also not giving enough uh, of a downgrade to just how bad this Montreal defense might actually be defensively. Not only because their defense, as you mentioned, all the names and probably a lot of people listening were like, uh, who, um, who's the, uh, Weidman and, and, uh, and Harbor Jack those, those are names. Okay. Like, I mean, it's, we don't know. I mean, is there? A, I think Garber Jack is going to be a really fun guy too, and I'm really, really rooting for him as well. But could he get uh, make a mistake here opening night? I, I I don't know. So 
I don't know. I want if I was going to put in a bet though uh, on it, I would just add the over six and a half because assuming that Montreal can keep this close, I don't think it's good to also assume that they just don't allow Toronto to score at all. I think it's more that they they find goals themselves. Um, just because I think that there are some really good, there's a lot of good finishers on this Montreal team. That that's really what they have. They have a they go out and they get a guy like Kirby Doc. They go out and they get um, you know other. I mean, Sapkowski and um, Monahan. I know are, are the biggest names, but they, they get guys that I think can distribute okay, and hopefully can, can get a renaissance with a guy like uh, Monahan. Two of these really good shooters that I think could beat Matt Murray. Um, I'm willing to consider uh plus 240 bet on the over six and a half with Montreal plus one and a half, you know, just five, four game, you know, maybe it goes to overtime. Maybe you even add the tie. If you want to really, really boost your odds uh, or the regulation tie, obviously not the game. It doesn't exist. But as I just said, Sean Monaghan, um, he's plus 475 to score. It's disgusting, but he is first power play net front. And you could convince me that Cole Caulfield or Chris Weidman who's on that first power play, who actually is a pretty good rate shooter from the point could put one towards the net and he could tip it in. I mean, plus 475 is kind of insane. Um, it's like the same price as some some very, very bad players that aren't even in. Like, it's like, ooh, do I want David Camp uh, or do I want Sean Monaghan? I know Monaghan's been bad. I know it's, it's ugly, but he is on the second line. He is on the first power play. He's net front. And when you're net front on a power play, you could score at any, any time. And I can't you know, off the top of my head do the, the math on that, but it might not be the, the smartest play in the entire world. But you could definitely do something stupider tonight with your money than just assume that Monaghan. Um, and what a great feeling it would be to hit that bet and watch him score against Toronto to start the year. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I want it. I'm going to consider it. It's going to be there. I don't think it's the, the best odds of, of any goal scorer, but it is one that I, it's going to get completely overlooked because no one's going to go that far down the line, and no one probably even cares about their or their power play. So that's one to consider. Other than that, anything Austin Matthews related is very much in play. He's Far and away the highest projected player on the slate, over four and a half plus money. I'm probably going to take it because I have him for more shots than that. And he is a guy that can do that really, really easily, uh, especially if this game could be closer than meets the eye. He'll be on the ice a bit more. Um, I think we have him for about five shot, uh, shots on goal. So at plus money for four to, to get the five, when I, the math is leading to me to that's a good bet, uh, I really do trust it. Yeah, we have him for 4.77. So, I mean, it's it's not a huge edge, but it's plus money, and it's Austin Matthews, and that always feels really, really good. Um, he's the best great shooter in the league, so I'd be taking that. And then Caulfield over two and a half as well. Those are probably the two. Um, you could take him for a, a point. I, I think you, you look through these player props in this game, if you like the over, you're just going to be salivating. I don't think I want to name them all, but I think that the best math is Austin Matthews over four and a half and probably Monaghan to score uh, at you know plus 475. Kane Gooley leading the blue line tonight for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. That's where we're at with their defense coming in. And he's a nice little young player, and he's going to be uh, probably someone that's going to be a solid NHL defenseman. But we're putting him in the top pair. I mean, Gooley is the appropriate word. That's ghoulish right now that Montreal's got this as a blue line here to begin the uh, year. No Matheson is really hurting them. He's really one of the stable uh, members of that blue line. And Joel Edmondson, too for that matter, uh, IR as well to begin the year. So that's why it's going to be a very young, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be sloppiness with the puck. There's going to be everything uh, you can think of with this Montreal blue line. Uh, and now they've got one of the most potent teams that they got to try to shut down shot suppression uh, goals against is probably going to be an issue for them uh, coming into the year. So as DJ mentioned, maybe some shots props with the Leafs, definitely very live tonight uh, against this uh, Montreal team. All right. We've come to the Alex's favorite team. 
They might put through them, put them through the ringer this year. But nevertheless, here we go. Chicago Blackhawks, Colorado Avalanche, Colorado minus 410 home favorite, six and a half being the total uh, in this game. Um, look, I'm going to put this to the test right away uh, with this theory. I'm on Avalanche team total over four and a half here tonight. Um, I'm just going to go with that. You know, I, could Chicago help the game go over the full game six and a half? But quite possibly. But I'm just going to bank on Colorado doing their thing here tonight and finding the back of the net. We kind of hinted at this in the season preview show, Alex and I, that opponents team total overs against Chicago are probably always going to be uh, something to consider and worth a look. Now, are you getting a bargain here four and a half? No, you're not. But I think it's a situation where you're playing, obviously, an absolutely lethal Colorado team. Uh, that's a concern for this Chicago team. Uh, no question about that. How are you going to defend, you know, the likes of Rantanen, Lekkanen, McKinnon, who, look, even though Landeskog's out to begin the year, I mean, you, you put Arturi Lekkanen in that spot, who's more than capable, uh, had a great playoffs last year as well uh, for the Avalanche, had a great really run ever since they got him from uh, Montreal. And, and again, you look at head-to-head -head last year for the uh, last year, it was an issue for uh, Chicago in terms of uh, trying to shut this team down. Uh, you know, obviously coming into the year, Luke Richardson, Tough, tough situation. Uh, Kane and Taves likely at some point on their way out. Uh, you're gonna. You, the Chicago's got to get good performances, consistency every night from Domi, Athenasiu. They got Taylor Radish from Tampa Bay last year. These are guys that are going to have to get it done. All right, this ain't the try league; it's the get it done league. And if they're going to be any sort of, if they're, if they're going to avoid getting wiped out on a nightly basis and win games. They need those three guys to be offensive difference makers. It can't just fall on Kane uh, every single night, especially when you see in the bottom six, you know, Kurashev was kind of up and down. You didn't always get consistency from him last year. I like Colin Blackwell, but he's, you know, two ways of the ice more so than just offensively. But yeah, Kurashev, someone I'm looking at at the third line, more than six goals required, in my opinion, from him. And that's all we got from him. Uh, obviously uh, last year the blue line it's just it's tough you know Jack Johnson is uh, still someone that's got a little gas in the tank but they're putting him on the top pair you know he's not a top pair defenseman anymore he's just not Seth Jones not a good uh, season last year Tenorti for some months hey it's gonna be fun to watch Jared Tenorti throw the weight around and maybe drop the gloves a few times uh, that's something to look forward to uh, if you're Chicago uh, Connor Murphy can he stay on the ice you got uh, Philip Roos uh, someone they signed up, uh, in, way back in the spring, actually, played over in Europe, the Swedish League, uh, recently. Uh, they're going to have to hope he gives them something on the uh, back end of that blue line because they're without Caleb Jones. And Jake McCabe's the big one. He's one of the few that were really good, solid, sound, sturdy defenders in their own zone. Uh, DJ knows him well from the Buffalo Sabres days, but Jake McCabe uh, also out to begin the year. And then you've got arguably the worst tandem in the NHL from a goaltending standpoint. Uh, I shouldn't say that when Mrazek's on his game, he's very good, but you don't always get him on his game. And then he gets hurt. And then when he's not hurt, he's not always consistent. And then Alex Stalock, who, you know, we think he's just collecting a pension or so we, so we hear uh, maybe at this stage of his career. So tough times for Chicago. We think they're going to be just hideous at times, keeping the puck out of their own net. So I'm going to take a small shot here, Colorado, a team total uh, over four and a half. It's the only pregame action I've got really on this one, side and total-wise, other than props, and I'll mention a couple in a second. Alex, what do you think here, Chicago, Colorado? Yeah, personally, I have no plays on this game whatsoever, but people in the chat were uh, kind of we're going to the right theory. The way to attack Hawks games this year is going to have to be, Ian, as you mentioned 
opponent team totals over, which is something I don't really like too much for tonight. Do like it more tomorrow for Ve- against Vegas because yeah. we're going to see Peter Morazic start tonight. More than likely going to see Alex Stalock start tomorrow. So Stalock, te- uh, fading Stalock with the team total over is probably gonna be something I'm going to do for a good chunk of his starts, uh, at least of the early starts that he gets. But as far as with tonight, looking at same game parlays is the way to go. You know, tying in Avalanche to win or Avalanche puck line with some different props. Uh, Patrick Kane, the score point, like I said, he's he's by leaps and bounds the best offensive player on, on the team. And this is a offense that has been shut out in three of the last four preseason games. They're going to want to try and get things rolling. I wouldn't be shocked if we see them really stack the power play lineup pretty heavy, uh, which, of course, will mean Kane at the point. So that's something I would probably look at to attack if I were to to, to bet on this one. But I'm just going to stay away from it. I'll, I'll watch it, of course. But it, I just, it's just a matter of how ugly does it get for the Hawks. It's a, it's not how you know how much uh, with Colorado, but it's just one of those things where it, this game can get out of hand in the first period, or it could be kind of low and slow, especially with the you know banner ceremony as well for Colorado. Usually, this is a spot where we like to kind of fade these teams, but there's no way you can back the Hawks with how bad of a lineup they have. Maybe Colorado takes a you know a little easy in the first period, and then we see things ramp up, and maybe there's some live betting opportunities. But as far as pregame goes, there's nothing worth uh, really touching for me. Spread the wealth with Colorado props. I mean, Lekkonen for sure. I'm interested. Val Nachushkin, you know, big Val Nachushkin, how much I was betting props with him down the stretch, and keep an eye on Alex Newhook. Jared Bednar has faith in him taking over the number two center spot. He might be someone to look at uh, because they think he's ready for this opportunity. Uh, Evan Rodriguez showed you what he could do in Pittsburgh when he uh, has that opportunity and more ice time as well. So a lot of good options right there uh, that I just mentioned. Rodriguez, Newhook, Nachushkin, Lackanen in particular for the uh, props up front for the uh, Avalanche. Of course, you've got the best defense one through six in the NHL. Uh, there's no debate in my opinion with that. Devon Taves, Kale McCarr. Sam Gerrard, Josh Manson, Bo Byram, Eric Johnson. You know how good that blue line is, one through six, when they're fully healthy. That's incredible what they've got, Colorado. Embarrassment of riches with that blue line. DJ, what do you think, Chicago, Colorado? Yeah, uh, this one, I, I think you guys covered well. I almost And I almost always, when I see anything plus 300 or more, put at least half a unit on it um, because hockey is really random, and that's normally just – a better way of betting in general to take those, um, especially when winning a game, like, like the percentages just lead to it, right? Like if you did the actual implied odds and you took all the math and whatever, I'm not going to do it on opening night. I'm not going to do it on the, the cop banner raising ceremony night. I think this uh, Colorado team has a lot of pride and I'm just, I'm just not going to waste my time. I think that anything that you are going to want to bet at plus money in this game, besides some player props, you could just be better served by playing daily fantasy. So I'm just not going to do it. I will probably have a lineup with four or five Colorado guys, because if they scored five, six, seven goals, I'd rather go for 25,000 than double my unit. Like just the way I look at it, like if that does happen and you have the, you know, three or 4% of daily fantasy lineups with five guys on Colorado um, and, and it fits, it does fit. Actually, you could do your Tushkin, Randonin, McKinnon um, and McCarr. Uh, I have no interest in the goalie here, Georgiev. Like, that's the only way Chicago keeps this close is if he starts and he sucks. Um, I don't think he's going to see a ton of volume. He was really, really bad in preseason. So that's the only avenue you could talk me into if you were going to bet anything on Chicago is just like, man, all of their players are, like, infinitely unlikely to score, says the book. Well, what if they score three? What does that look like? I, I mean, you could talk me into that, like, existing, but I'm, I'm just not interested. Um 
yeah, uh, props. Lekkonen is just probably the biggest misprice he's been for a long time. He just continues to be. It, it, it's as if they just cannot catch up to the fact that he is on the first power play and the first line with McKinnon and Rantanen. It doesn't really make any sense when you see that the, that the lines are just completely off. And I know that McKinnon and Rantanen are much more likely to be the guys to score or have the first assist. But the second assist is, you could just, any anyone that's on the ice could have that. Like it's very, you know, it's and normally it's going to be a guy like a McKinnon who skates the puck in the zone who gets the second assist because he'll pass it off to a guy like Lekkonen who then gets it to Rantanen. Like that's kind of how I look at it where like Lekkonen is a good player. He's going to be in He's on the first power play. They're, you know, almost mon- minus money to have four goals. And I think they are minus money for four. And like right around the five mark is where they're looking at. This guy isn't going to have a single point. Uh, come on, minus 140. I mean, that's just, that's disrespectful. Uh, I mean, I, I want to call him up and tell him how much the books are disrespecting him. And he needs to go out and perform because I'm put, uh, I think I put four units on it because it's just the wrong price. Um, definitely my favorite bet on the entire slate. I, I, anything it needs else? to be closer than minus 200 to score a point closer to that at yes, least when you factor in first is... power play you factor in the chicago the team they're playing who's going to be a defensive sieve we think this year yeah definitely yeah totally totally off so that's really where i'd go i'd rather just put more money into that than put it somewhere else just to spread the wealth to spread it like i, I just take what the book's giving you and then if you are just enamored by colorado which most people are DraftKings Sportsbook, you go to Underdog Fantasy and, and draft a super stack like I, I've done a couple times. Um, there's a lot of other avenues to get way more money if they score six, seven goals than DraftKings tonight or any sportsbook for that matter. So let me explain why I pivoted to Colorado team total over. And I agree with Alex that, you know, I'm betting it. I think it's got a good chance that Colorado gets to five. But the concern is it is Mrazek. He's still definitely the better of the two compared to Staylock. Uh, the reason I pivoted from the team total over instead of over six and a half, even because people were concerned about Georgiev for Colorado, that he didn't play well in the preseason. But his final preseason start, guys, for Georgiev was against Dallas, a two to one win. He stopped 32 saves on 33, made 32 saves on 33 shots. He had his the full Colorado lineup playing in front of him that night, which he did not have in a few of the other games earlier in the preseason. So with the full lineup on the ice against Dallas in that final preseason game, Georgiev looked very good. And in fact, he made 18 saves in the first period uh, alone. And in fact, they said he was really good, you know, and actually kept uh, Dallas off the board at a very uh, good clip. So that's the that's the that's why I caution everybody about this narrative about oh Georgiev sucks. He was terrible in the preseason. Not in that final start. He was. He was a lot better when he had the full opening night lineup uh, on the ice uh, in front of him. Uh, in that final preseason start. So uh, make sure you uh, are aware of that. But doesn't mean he's going to play great tonight. But again, if he had that final good preseason start, and it was with, you know, basically the opening night lineup uh, playing for Colorado. All right, next up, should be a good one here. Uh, Vancouver and Edmonton. We've got the Oilers minus 185 home favorites here. Six and a half the total uh, in this game. You know, I... Early on, uh, before you know, I was formulating opinions. You're doing your work. I think Vancouver is going to be an improved team this year, and I was making maybe thinking Vancouver is a dog in this spot, but they're just too banged up. You know, there's just too many key uh, personnel out of the lineup here early on for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Brock Besser. Uh, it looks like uh, well, it looks like Brock Besser here might be able to go tonight, but he's been uh, battling uh, injury throughout the uh, preseason. Uh, no question about that. Connor Garland as well. 
Uh, and then, of course, you've got, got a couple. And Ilya Mikheyev's the big one for sure, that he's going to be out long-term on IR, at least for some period of time, week to week, uh, during a because of an injury he suffered in preseason. And that's someone who I was very excited to see in a Canuck uniform uh, after the way he played for the uh, Maple Leafs last year. Uh, Ilya Mikheyev was another one of those players we got on the player prop bandwagon with him uh, down the stretch and it paid off and uh, I think he's going to be a nice fit here for this top six with the Canucks but unfortunately on IR to begin the year and then you've got two projected starting defensemen Travis Dermott Tyler Myers starting the year uh, on injured reserve for the Canucks that's not already a depth lead and that is not a depth laden blue line when they're fully healthy and now you know you've got to put in Kyle Burrows you got to put in Riley Stillman you got to move Tucker Poolman, who didn't have a great season last year, up to the second pair with Oliver, as Don Cherry calls him, Lawson Tossum, uh, Ekman Larson. Uh, that never gets old. Uh, Luke Shannon, uh, Quinn Hughes uh, on the uh, top pair. Luke Shannon on the top pair. What is this, 2010 when he just got drafted or 2008, whatever the fuck uh, it was, and he's on the top pair now? Uh, <laughs> wow. So uh, that's concerning because now you got to – that that blue line as a collective, yeah, good luck against McDavid, Dreisaitl, Vander Kane back in the fold uh, once again. Uh, Hyman uh, as well. Uh, McLeod took steps forward last year. And I took a small shot on this kid who's now going to be starting the game, the season tonight for Edmonton on their second line, Dylan Holloway. Uh, a small shot on him to be the Calder Trophy winner, Rookie of the Year. I think it was a 35-1 to 1 price. I think he's going to have a nice year. Jay Woodcroft had nothing but glowing things to say about the 21-year-old. He had a hat trick against this Vancouver Canucks team in a preseason game against them about a week ago. And Dylan Holloway is one of my favorite props in this game without question because you're going to get better numbers, better price with him than, say, McDavid's and Hyman's and Kane and all, all of those guys. Uh, he had a terrific preseason for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. He's going to get the minutes. He's going to get the opportunity. He's going to end up you know, playing on that second line tonight. Uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. So keep an eye on this guy, uh, Dylan Holloway, for the uh, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, he had a good preseason. He lit it up, got goals. He got a bunch of points. I think he had eight or nine points uh, in the preseason uh, for this Edmonton Oilers team. And it looks like they've got him. Uh, Jay Woodcroft's going to put him out on the second power play unit uh, as well tonight for Edmonton. So, yeah, Dylan Holloway is your big-time bargain bin value player prop for the Edmonton Oilers tonight, in my opinion, in this game. As far as the side and the total goes, though, I'm probably going to leave it alone. Be careful with these six and a halves with Edmonton this year with the totals. Jack Campbell is a better goalie than probably Smith and Koskinen on a consistent basis. And Edmonton's defensive structure and just team structure defensively improved leaps and bounds under Jay Woodcroft last year. So don't necessarily assume Edmonton's going to be this over machine this year. You know, they certainly are going to still be potent offensively, especially in the top six, but they improved defensively quite a bit. Barry, CeCe, uh, you know, Darnell Nurse, that whole group played uh, out of their minds good defensively at times in the playoffs until they ran into Colorado. So it's don't be running a rush always to bet overs with Edmonton games at the uh, six and a half. Alex, uh, what do you like in here, Canucks Oilers? Yeah, and I agree. When you look back at the, the four meetings last year, all three of them, you know, or four of them, went under the total three of them actually going into uh, overtime or a shootout uh vancouver's played edmonton pretty tough over, over the years and, and, and you know as good as edmonton is and especially the, the the improvements they've made this year like you said how banged up vancouver is to start the season 
Uh, you know, this is just one of those kind of games I'm going to stay away from. I was trying to look and and, and make a case for Oilers first period uh, on the puck line, laying the half a goal. I could see them getting out of the of the of that period with the lead. But even with that, I think, you know, if they, you know, Vancouver's going to want to try to slow things down, obviously, it's the way you beat Edmonton. If they can do that early, then, you know, it might take Edmonton a little little bit more time to kind of get geared up. So this is definitely a live game for me. Uh, I, I probably won't touch anything pregame, and I might look for, you know, like I said, see where the pace of play is going and then jump in with a full game total either over or under uh, based off of that. Yeah, no question. Uh, it's going to be yeah. Demko in net. We th- I think he's going to be a, a, have a great season. We saw what he's capable of last year. I agree with that, Jarek. Good to see you in the chat. Uh, yeah, certainly Demko going to have a good year. Like I say, Holloway for Oilers. I'll give you one for Vancouver. Andre Kuzmenko, the guy they signed out of the KHL, uh, and this is a guy that had a nice preseason for Vancouver as well. I think he had uh, three goals, three assists, six points in in three preseason games for Bruce Boudreau and the Canucks. Uh, that's someone to keep a look, uh, an eye on tonight for player props for them is Andre Kuzmenko, and he's going to be getting uh, on that second line with Elias Pettersson, Niels Hoaglander. That is the current uh, alignment as of right now, uh, and he's expected to get not just power play time. So I see him on the first unit tonight uh, on the power play with Pettersson, Horvat, Hughes, and Miller. So Andre Kuzmenko is going to be given a great opportunity here for Vancouver. That's a good player prop to score a goal, to score a point. Same with Holloway on the Edmonton side. Uh, great value, I think, those two. Uh, what do you think here, DJ? Yeah, Kuzmenko is going to be more or less my cover boy here. Um, yeah, he's just he's so, 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 so talented. And this, isn't a, this is actually a rookie, if you will, in the NHL that's aged out of being a rookie he's 26 it's not this is not a guy that's never played professional hockey before it's a guy that's played many years of professional hockey yes. he profiles to be more like an artemi panarin saying that he's going to have similar output to artemi panarin is egregious probably and not going to happen but he might not be the greatest great shooter in the world but he will pick his spots and he does i think have a better shot in theory than panarin does he just might not quite have i don't know if anyone has the same passing ability as a panarin um I, I really like him a lot all around. He is going to be very overlooked in daily fantasy circles. He's actually not even listed on underdog to draft. If you, I, I know I'm talking about a site that probably no one knows what I'm talking about, but that's okay. Um, plus three, I three do. for a goal. You, I, yeah, you know, that's all, that's all that matters to me. Um, not listed for a point, not listed for a power play point on most books. The books don't know who he is. Uh, I might reach out to my DK guy and, and ask if they could put him in, but they'll probably not do it tonight. But I want him in there for the future because I think that he is a guy that really could be uh, a 60 point 70 point guy this year um could Besser steal back the power play one role once he gets fully acclimated yes but I don't even know if it's his spot that he'll be taking like if Kuzmenko is as good as I think he could be and, and how good he projects to be they might be kind of moving out another guy or it might be a case just like Edmonton where you have so many good players that you know Jay Woodcroft said well who take who just draws the penalty? If it's Vander Kane's unit on the ice, Hyman's going to go out instead of Vander Kane. If it's Hyman's unit, well then the Vander Kane. Like you know, I, I think it could be more of a situation like that where they kind of rotate through who's on the first power play unit. But as long as he's touching that at all, I mean, I'm going to be pretty in on it. This is definitely a case of good goaltenders, really bad defense, really good offense. I shade over, but lightly. Um, I bet it when it was plus money, and I kind of, I don't know if I want to say I regret betting it at all. I just jumped on it, <laughs> not thinking fully all the way through. I saw plus money on this game, and I was like, that's got to be it over. What, what was going on here? And then I kind of dove in, and I'm like, 
eh, I kind of paid the book for a coin flip. I guess I got plus money at whatever, right? Like let's let's play that game. But I think it's right on the right on. But this is definitely the game in daily fantasy. I think you want a game stack. If if it goes right, I think it. If you get the right pieces all together, this is the game that even if it only has six, like you could in theory, I think capture all of the upside in six goals with a guy that scores two, two or three multiple uh, three point nights. Um, could exist on each team. Uh, I, I'm really, really high on like a Pedersen, Guzmanko, McDavid, Kane, Bouchard. Uh, Bouchard, a guy that wasn't practicing on the first power play unit, and then immediately after Jay Workoff's like, oh no, no, he'll he'll be on the first unit as well. Like, I, I probably the moment they watch Tyson Berry suck again, they're going to be like, what were we thinking here? Uh, yeah, Evan Bouchard. So I'm really still high on Evan Bouchard overall. Not really listed. Um, I, another player not really listed on the books for props, but going to keep an eye on him. His rates are super duper good. I think he's going to see more run, more minutes. I think it's going to be sort of like a Darnell Nurse is going to be our top defender defender and take a lot of D-zone draws. And Bouchard's going to be the top offensive defenseman who's going to take a lot of O-zone draws. I think that's how they're going to kind of work through this season. Um, Vancouver side, I think you covered most of it. There's no amazing standout prop to me. I think there will be shots. So I did take Dreisaitl plus 115 at three and a half. I think he's more than likely going to have three to four right in that range. I'll take the plus money. Uh, I think that's fine. Yeah. McDavid minus 155 for three and a half. It just doesn't make me feel good. Now he's with Evander Kane full time. I mean, I know the team and everything you hear out of them is like, we need McDavid to shoot more. We need, Mc well, guess what? McDavid isn't going to just flip a switch and go from the best playmaker in the NHL um, that sees the ice almost like no one else to you know what? I see a passing lane, but I'm just going to shoot that puck instead. Like he just isn't going to do that. Like he's going to continue to probably, you know, have games where he has 10 shots on goal and has games where he has zero. And it's going to be it. So it's tough for me to really want to on the opening night, hammer that. Um, I'd rather just go with dry who I think is going to see 22, 23 minutes and at full health again, three and a half was always a smash. The only times he wasn't hitting it is when he legitimately had not ankle sprain, high ankle sprain in the playoffs, which I have still don't understand how he played through. Um, other than that, yeah, I think that... He was a warrior, was, that's why. Yeah. That's how. You, yeah. we're, start, we're starting to get goalie props come out. 26 and a half for Jack Campbell. Yeah. Plus, that seems interesting. I don't know. I, I think this game will have shots. I'm not sure. I, I want to run through this stuff now that we're getting goalies, but um, I think that there's a there could be an edge on that as well. All right, so the good stuff. Vancouver, it's a very interesting game. Like I said, I, like at the Canucks, to me, are improved. I want to look for spots to back them, but I just don't love that the blue line's missing two starting defensemen, and I don't like that they're banged up a little bit up front uh, as well uh, against this Edmonton. And it is Edmonton's home opener. Jack Campbell's going to want to play well. It's going to be his first start with his brand-new team and that nice contract he got. Uh, so it's a, a reasons right there, to, for me at least, to lay off Vancouver tonight. All right, final game of this uh, Wednesday slate, Seattle Kraken, Anaheim Ducks, Anaheim minus 120, uh, home favorites, five and a half the total. So as I mentioned in the season preview show, one of my favorite season win total bets was Anaheim over 79 and a half. I really think this team's going to be better this year. I love what I see up front with this group. The I like that it's a nice little eclectic mix, if you will. Uh, Adam Henrique, uh, you know, you got a veteran there on the top line playing with uh, Zegras, who's going to be good to go. There was some worry that he may not play tonight, but he'll be on the uh, top line center spot. Zegras, Henrique. Frank Petrano, Frank the Tank, someone that from Florida with the New York Rangers, uh, good uh, player, you know, goes to the front of the net, will try to drive the net, open up lanes for his line mates. Uh, that's what you like to see, plays that north-south style. Uh, you've got Troy Terry, 
Ryan Strom, also brought in from the New York Rangers in the offseason. Hopefully that guy can finish more of the zillion chances that he got, obviously, in the playoffs last year with the Rangers. Hopefully he's got a little bit better puck luck here in Anaheim. And watch out for the rookie that I think could end up being your Calder Trophy winner. He's the favorite to win the Calder Trophy, Mason McTavish. He's ready for the NHL. Simple as that. I mean, if you watch this guy play, he's so good in all areas of the ice, offensively, solid in terms of away from the puck, physical presence, great shot, great release, great vision, playmake, go to the front of the net. He, he does it all. Uh, and he's going to be a great, great uh, player for a long time for this Anaheim team. That's just their top six. What if Maxime Comtois stays healthy, gets his offense up to the level we think he, he's capable of delivering? Isaac Lundestrom, someone that really started to percolate late in the season. Jakob Silverberg, still a veteran. Offense is, His offense is diminished, don't get me wrong, in recent years. But now he's on a third line where he could take you by surprise. Uh, Max Jones, Derek Grant, good fourth line, you know, a four-checking type of uh, role there with that group. The blue line with Cam Fowler, with John Klingberg, who they bring in from Dallas, one of the top 10 defensemen probably in the league, certainly puck-moving, skating-wise, and offensively, that's for sure. Kulikov, Jamie Drysdale is just only going to get better, one of the cornerstone blue liners for Anaheim. Uh, they bring in Bull who gives them depth. Kevin Shattenkirk still here. Uh, and, you know, they've got back a nine and out from who they got from Boston, a couple other defensemen, and yet they're still fine, you know, in terms of their six defensemen, in terms of they've got guys that have been in the NHL a long time that are playing there on that third pair, Bullu and Shattenkirk. I think, and like I say, they're going to be a, an improved hockey team. It comes down to Gibson. John Gibson had a, his worst year as a pro by far, no question in net last year. He's got to bounce back from that. Uh, we will see if he's capable of doing that. Uh, Anthony Stolarz uh, remains the uh, backup goalie for Anaheim. So I'm really high on Anaheim. I'm not fading Anaheim here tonight. But I also think Seattle's going to be better. Uh, Grubauer can only be better in that. It was a disappointing year from him. Uh, the blue line, Dunn, Larson, Oleksiak, Schultz, Susie, Borgen. You know, unlike last year, they're pretty much healthy to begin the season. And up front, they added some offense. Andre Burakovsky, uh Oliver Bjorkstrand, it's going to help them offensively. Scoring goals was a chore for them at times last year. And that means Eberly and Donato, who they relied on too much at times last year, they can slide into third-line role with Shane Wright, who I think has got an axe to grind with everybody, uh, including Montreal. It didn't take him a uh, number one overall. Uh, and Matty Beneers, to me, looks like he is more than ready for the National Hockey League. Four goals uh, in the preseason for the uh, Seattle Kraken in just four games, centering that top line. A lot of props here I like in this game. Terry, Zegras, uh, McTavish, I think, could be a look. For Seattle, Matty Beneers is definitely my favorite look in terms of player props with what we saw from him uh, in the uh, preseason. Burakovsky and Bjorkstrand, I think, because they're new members of this team, they've got offensive upside. They're going to be in the top six. They're going to want to make an impact. Uh, and I think they've got the potential to do so. So I like the over here in this game at five and a half. I do. I think Seattle is going to be able to score more goals this year. I like Anaheim up front a lot. Uh, Gibson, I think, can be better. But will we see it in game one? That's a question. Same with Grubauer. Grubauer was not good last year. He's got a lot to prove. So I like over five and a half, maybe a small sprinkle as well on the team total for Anaheim. Uh, in this game as well, which you can get currently uh, at around three and a half at a plus price. Uh, Alex, what do you think here in this divisional Pacific division battle, Seattle, Anaheim? I got to go with the old, not so fast, my friend. I like this game to go under 
And you can find there's a couple of sixes floating around. You can get under a, a six at, at even money. I definitely like that. But I played under five and a half at plus 110. Seattle kind of has a team that they wanted to have last year. They are going to be a lot more responsible defensively. Uh, we saw in the preseason a lot of the games were, were very low scoring. Grubauer seems to be uh, back in the form after dealing with his injuries and so forth. And I think he's going to actually – have a much better season this year, as will John Gibson. I talked about it in the, in the season preview. Gibson's one of those goalies on my radar. I think that, you know, now that the schedule is kind of back to its regular format, he's a guy who, you know, had to play a lot of minutes, got worn down, battled through injuries. I think now he's, you know, resting well enough. I think we're going to see him get back to his top tier form in this season. Overall, for the year, yeah, I think Anaheim definitely has a, a lot of talent, and, and they could be one of those sneaky teams that go on the radar. Definitely some good value to bet on from a nightly basis. And even Seattle, they'll be much better than they were last year. Obviously, an expansion team, you know, first uh, few games, just had, had a bit of a rocky start. They never found their footing. I think they found their footing now. They're going to be a solid two-way team. And Anaheim, I think it's going to take a little bit more time for them to get, you know, to be one of those just top offensive clubs. So, I like this one to go under the total. Like I said, look for those sixes. I see DraftKings, a couple of shops have six. So I'm going to go under six at even money as uh, my play. All right, like an under six in some spots, five and a half in others. So if you like the under, make sure you shop around uh, and get the six uh, if it's out there and if you can find it. So I like that. Uh, we, we we don't disagree a shit ton on this show, but uh, it's nice to have that every now and then, yeah. that uh, differing opinion. And it works out perfectly because if you like over five, you know, the over, you got five and a half. So if you like the unders, you got sixes. So it's you know you have that uh, overlay often, and, and you're probably not going to get that too often because five and a half are going to be, you know, the way of the dodo, especially if this game were to go over, we probably won't see that many five and a halfs without one of these teams moving forward. Yeah, and Anaheim, I lean Anaheim minus 120, but I'm already invested in the point total, uh, over 79 and a half. So I'm just going to cheer that on throughout the year. The spots I'm looking to bet on Anaheim individual games is when they're bigger plus prices against teams that may overlook them. You know, some, some good to above average, some average to above average to good teams. There's going to be nights when those teams play Anaheim and Anaheim just takes them by surprise because they've got the talent to do it now, especially up front. And then adding Klingberg uh, on the back end. This is not the right price for me. And I and I do think Seattle's going to be better too. So that's why I'm not laying the buck 20 tonight with Anaheim. DJ, what are you thinking here? Cracking ducks. Yeah, I mean, it's I really, again, it, I think a lot of the, uh, the pricing to start the year is pretty correct because we just – we haven't learned anything from a lot of these teams. And I think these are two teams that we learned kind of the least through preseason, because when you watched or looked at anything from Seattle, it was like, okay, what is their starting lineup now? Because it looks like they have seven lines that could be in the mix. And it was like always very confusing. Now they looked fantastic defensively. They looked awesome. I mean, they won like the first three preseason games, like four to nothing. I think they were all the same score and people started to get a little bit high on them. Is that indicative of what's going to happen tonight? No, I don't really buy it. I mean, I don't. I didn't look through those games exactly, but I know a couple of them were worse AHL quality teams and they had NHL quality players. So I don't want to go crazy overboard with anything. Um, I think that this game is priced on the nose. I think over five and a half was like probably about right. I I mean that was right about like I have it right there. Like that's where I got it. And like I I think that until we see something new, it's hard for me to want to say, okay, I know what these teams are doing now because so many new players on both teams, you need rattle off. You're like, Oh, this team has nine new players. And this team has eight new. It's like, yeah, no, these teams are brand new. It's a lot of new guys in, in a lot of different situations. Um, 
I mean, like, I bet if you went up to 10 hardcore hockey fans and said, all right, who is the first power play defenseman for Seattle tonight? You would get a lot of different answers. It's Justin Schultz, right? I mean, like, again, like, you probably told, asked 10 hockey fans where Justin Schultz was playing this year. They'd be like, huh, I forgot about that, right? So, like, I really do think that the ambiguity of this game with the players and where they're slotted in is where I'd rather take advantage of. Um, the number one player that I want to be early to is Matt Paneers because I truly think he is going to be a difference maker. Plus 300 to score is just an incorrect line. I, I'm just going to take it. That's, that's um, insane. Uh, that's, that's crazy. I, Okay, that was even right. with Kaliev last night, plus 460. Yeah, what, what he was doing in the preseason. They don't uh, seem to want it. DraftKings and really, FanDuel is probably even more egregious on this, but they, they will just put lines out there like that where you, you just have to bet them. I mean, um, Matt, if Matt Berniers is what we think he could be and we get plus 300 now and it won't move very quickly, like we're going to be kicking ourselves if we didn't take it. Um, yeah. Looking at their lineup, I also think that he's just – kind of the focal point of the first line. Um, he'll be with McCann, who I, I know it could be a rate shooter, but as long as he's not with Bjorkstrand, I think that he is just clearly, they, they're separating him from the other best sh shooter on the team. Um, with that being said, Bjorkstrand over two and a half, I'm going to be in on. Um, the only issue with betting shot totals and betting a lot of shot totals with Seattle is Hextall is a terrible coach. He should have been fired after the first game that he coached for Seattle. They should have watched him do a terrible job and said, get out of here. If he rolls four lines, which he in theory can do like he has in the past, I I'm just going to, I'm going to cry because I think Seattle has some really, really good under the radar players that could see massive amounts of, of shot volume. If they get enough minutes, Bjorkstrand is going to be the guy that if you run the I4C for 60 all year long, like I do, he's just going to continue to show up. Does he get the minutes? Opening night, I'm going to roll with it because I'm hoping that he sees him and Veneers are going to be the, the power play one shooters. Um, I'm going to bet on that. I'm hoping that this this power play trend sticks. Whether they score or not is, is beyond me. But as long as they're shooting, I'm going to be happy. Uh, Gibson is a great goalie. I think that like I, I was also very high on him bouncing back. I think that Grubauer, if he's worse, they're completely screwed. I mean, he couldn't be worse. If he's worse, then he really shouldn't even play in the AHL. Like he was yeah. that level of that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, he has to be better. There almost is another scenario that could um, exist for him yeah. other than being devoted. And then lastly, Troy Terry, first and foremost on DraftKings, if you're playing lineups, he's like 3,400 um, just priced. Well, like he's like a thousand cheaper than Petrano. I, I don't understand that price. He is their best offensive player as far as scoring. Um, I bet if you just took the odds of likelihood to score from the sports book and transfer that over to like, the, the price on DraftKings, you'd be like, all right, he is standalone. Him and Jarvis and Kuzmenko are, well, not even, not, Kuzmenko is not even that crazy, but like him and Jarvis are the clear punts on um, the punt defenders. Like I said, Schultz, you can definitely get a lot of value out of this game in daily fantasy. I don't want to go into too much detail because probably most people listening don't even make lineups um, for daily fantasy. But if you do, there's a lot of value in this game, especially with all of these games kind of feeling like a six total is about right. So why not this game be the one that accidentally gets to seven or eight, right? And you get a lot less ownership. But Bjorkstrand, Terry, and Veneers are kind of the three players I'm mainly focusing on here. Um, I know Zegers is a bit of a sexier player in general because he's just really, really fun. But I don't see the same rate stats. I don't see the same finishing ability quite yet. I think it's coming together. So I'd rather go with others. Um, Petrano, as I already mentioned, plus 260 could be interesting. I want to kind of see their power play run first because – I'm almost convinced it's actually going to be Mason McTavish on the first unit. And if a Toronto isn't on that first power play, 
it's really going to hurt. But I think he'll play with Zegers at five on five. That might be enough. But getting actual good reporting out of Seattle, uh, not Seattle. Um, Seattle actually has, has really good reporters now. Yeah. Out of Anaheim is Anaheim. literally pulling yeah. teeth. Um, so we don't know. Mason McTavish, I watched him in preseason and one game they didn't have him on either power play. And then the next game he was on the first unit with all the starters. So we're going to see. I'd rather wait on him though. Um, and get early on veneers at almost the same price to score. So we'll see. And then other than that, I don't think there's a lot of edge. If you can somewhere find Justin Schultz or a point or albeit a power play point, I mean, if you find that, please DM me because I want to find that myself because it's probably going to be like plus 800. And I really want to find him for a power play point when no one in the world seems to know he's on their first unit over Vince Dunn. All right, great, great analysis. DJ with the great analysis with the player props, the line combos. He's, he is on top of that. I am too. I, I, I definitely try to be, but DJ's right in step with me. Every time we have him on the show, he's like right on all the line combos, just right alongside me. It's great to see. And uh, yeah, yeah, mentioning okay. how this could be the one game that accidentally gets to uh, seven or eight goals. Well, that would make one of us happy. Yeah. It's the opening night and anything can happen. And again, like, well, I more yeah. mean that from a daily fantasy perspective when, yeah. I mean, again, I, I don't want to go to it, but using game theory, if you don't know what I mean by that at all, just using the theory that you're playing against other people. What are the other people doing? What is, what is the field going to do in this scenario? How many people are going to play four guys from this game? When you have Matthews, McDavid, uh, McKinnon, Pasternak, and Ovechkin, like no one. So if this game is that game where the goaltending just, you know, springs a league on both good. sides. And the which, pockets are going in. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So what, yeah. Again, even if you just took the sports book odds, what are the odds this game goes over eight goals? Maybe the, the implied odds are 12, 13%. Well, if that 12 or 13% happens, which again, it happens all the time, 12, 13% type of thing has, you see these massive parlays that hit at like 0.0001%, but why not 13%? If that happens, you could win $25,000 rather than, um, you know, uh, so that's kind of how I like to play fantasy is like, turn off your sports book mind, your, your median outcome mind, turn on your maximum, you know, how could I actually try to capture all of the money in a, in a contest? And I've been really things that could happen that aren't represented in the marketplace. There I've, been, you I've go. been successful to start the year. I've been successful on my career with daily fantasy and all of these things that I talk about with hockey, with game theory, go right to football. And I do the same thing in football. Um, and that's why the only way I've been profitable with football, because props I've not done a ton of, I think that it's really hard to be successful with those, but daily fantasy football, same thing. So if you ever want to find out more, um, just join my discord, it's free, or you can DM me or ask me questions and stuff. And I've done pot. I mean, I just do a podcast about daily fantasy again. I feel like I've, I feel like we should get another theory based podcast out there. Well, I want to do a million wrong. podcasts about a million things, and for yeah. me, the fucking issue is always not enough time. Not enough yeah. time. Not enough hours. Yeah. In the day. I just I love talking about like the theory behind betting and the theory, of, and like I know most people don't really care. They're just like, give me the freaking plays. But I love talking about that stuff. So we should. I don't know. If you want to do one sometime, we can do more of a theory based betting show. And I'm hoping to show this stuff. Um, I don't want to give away too much, but I'm really hoping to actually have most of what I'm cooking into my bets out there for you to use it'll, it'll come together it'll make sense later uh, i'll just I'll, I'll leave a hint for now. the mad scientist in the lab that's what the dj <laughs> yes. mitchell is uh, yeah. and, it, and it's a great yeah. it's a great different perspective as well too because you know like i said for some of us me i'm not a fantasy player right there oh, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah the thing in the back that cheshire cat was asking about that it's, a, it's a modest mouse oh nice it's okay yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good man. It's a really weird, really weird poster. I like it. It's a course rock band. We'll all float on. I just don't know. I just don't know why show, yeah. only Missouri was pink. 
I didn't get that. I saw them in New York. Yeah. Okay, are they from? Them. They might be from Missouri. No, they're from they're from Washington, the state of Washington. I have no oh, idea. Are they? Oh, okay. okay. I, was, I, I remember I got it. I was like, I tried to look it up. I found nothing. So yeah, interesting poster. I got I have, I have a lot of posters. I got to hang them up. There you go. No. There's the answer for uh, Cheshire. Yeah. yeah, but no, yeah. So uh, what I was saying though, but yeah, DJ, you give a good perspective for someone like for me. I don't play fantasy, daily fantasy, but to you know see you you know kind of combine the two things and, and just look at things. You know, we always talk about this more than one way to scramble an egg. So to kind of use that that theory and use those kind of that kind of uh, viewpoint for you know betting with sides and totals, it, it gives them another dimension. So it's a really cool thing. Yeah, I mean, it's to, to me, it's some of the best lineups could finish way outside of the money. Like, it, like to me, the way I do it, like if I build ten lineups, all ten of these lineups have the upside to win, but they also have the upside to absolutely tank. So, like, uh, definitely, it, it's a frustrating game, and people give up on it quickly because you could build a ton of really good lineups, you could min cash multiple nights in a row, and then mm-hmm. you could lose two nights, and you're like, well, I'm not even making money anymore. Um, so I, I, but I found that the people that stick with it, the people that really try to figure it out. And then I, I mean, Matt Moody, the, my podcast partner has won tons and tons and tons of money. And then again, like he has nights where he loses like $5,000, $4,000, but then he has a night where he wins 50 K and it's like, Oh, well, who cares? Like now you're back. Like it, 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 it's, it's, it's a long game. And I think that's why people get out on it. Cause they're like, well, why don't I just go to the sports book where I can probably just make money slowly and then steadily if I'm smart enough. And you can. Um, so, but if you ever want to learn more about daily fantasy, I do a podcast. I probably the only truly daily fantasy centric podcast, morning skate podcast. Let me know. And that is a common thread with betters and DFS players. You're going to have huge winning nights. You're going to have huge losing nights. You're going to have wild swings, yeah. you know, day to day, week to week, month to month. And you've got to be able to just stick to a process that fits you best and works best for you through the good, through the bad. And that's going to be the key to uh, longevity. That's going to be the key to success long-term. A great show. Awesome stuff here on this Wednesday. Uh, DJ, uh, we'll have him on a bunch of times throughout the season, of course. Uh, thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us for another edition of the Ice Guys. Hit the like button, of course, if you haven't done so already. 200 live viewers watching on YouTube. We appreciate that. Uh, and uh, Great show. And, of course, we're here seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. We've got our first live betcast. Coming up up for the uh, new season on Tuesday, October 25th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. So no games. So uh, make sure you're aware of that. All right. Great show. Great analysis of the six games. Let's get to best bets to wrap it up for a Wednesday. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, what do you like for best bet? So we'll go with that Boston-Washington game. Like I said, I got a better price than what's available right now. But looking at the three-way line, you can get the Capitals that even money or plus a dollar five. Uh, so these are two banged up teams, two teams that are – uh, you know, aging and, and trending downward for the most part. But I think Washington's got a little bit more tank, more, a little bit more gas in the tank than Boston. So I'm going to go with the Capitals regulation money line plus a dollar five. That's my best bet tonight. All right, there we go. Best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith, uh, liking the Capitals there. Uh, regulation against the Boston Bruins. DJ, best bet. Yeah, uh, Terry Luckett and over. He's going to have one point. I, I would be really, 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 uh, I'd be really mad if he didn't. Um, he is first power play, first line. He's actually really good. But you could stick me out there with McKinnon and Rantanen in the car, and I could probably get a point by accidentally against Chicago. So, yeah, it's minus 140, so it's probably a bit better as a parlay piece, and I'm definitely going to put it with a few different things. So if you want the other one to put it with, uh, I really like Morgan Riley over a point as well, minus 120. That gets you you know, up into pretty good plus money range on two 
I think, very likely outcome bets. Um, as far as money lines, puck lines and stuff, I don't think there's anything that's overly uh, – there's not a lot of edge on any of it. I think a lot of it's cooked in. Early in the year, a lot of more people are betting. Those lines are actually moving correctly. And, and I think you're kind of paying the books to place a bet is how I've been putting it. Like, you're, like here's my money to allow me to place a bet that doesn't actually have an edge. And I think that it's really pretty close to exactly where they have it. So I'm not going to take any probably tonight on either side. All right, good stuff uh, from uh, DJ Mitchell on the uh, show today. All right, my uh, best bet here for this show, doing something a little bit different. No side or total uh, best bet like last night. Obviously, we had Vegas LA over uh, the total. Uh, probably would be Columbus Carolina over if I had to choose a best bet, but I'm going to go with two goal score props. Two goal score props tonight. I feel really good about both of them. I'm going to go with, speaking of Columbus, Shinnikov. For the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, he was just the, you know, what did we see? Six goals from him in the preseason, six goals in six games. Nobody in the entire NHL scored more preseason goals than Igor Shinnikov of the Columbus Blue Jackets. And tonight in that game against Carolina, uh, you can get the leading uh, goal score uh, in the preseason at, at, at a terrific price in terms of uh, the anytime uh, goal score prop uh, for this game. You can get as high as plus. 550 at Caesars. There's plus 500 at points bet, plus 500 at bet 99, plus 475 at bet MGM. That's just a, that's an amazing price for a guy that's had six goals in the preseason. He's going to get in the second line tonight for Columbus. Again, we always worry Carolina has the puck a lot. Will Columbus have enough to be able to produce offensively? But I think Shinnikov at that price is great uh, value. No question about that. And the other goal score prop, I'm going to believe in Geno Malgan. No, not Evgeny Malkin. Dennis Malkin for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, plus 250 for him to score against Toronto. He was lighting it up. He's playing against a Montreal team that's struggled all throughout the preseason to keep the puck out of the net and is probably going to struggle just as much here tonight as well against this Leaf team. So there you go. Two goal score props for best bet for me tonight. Little change up, something different. Igor Shinnikov, plus 550 goal score prop Columbus. And Dennis Malkin, Toronto Maple Leafs, plus 250 goal scorer prop for me with uh, best bets here for this Wednesday edition of the Ice Guys. All right, that'll wrap it up. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Uh, we appreciate it. Hit the like button on the way out. Uh, for Alex P. Smith, for our special guest, DJ Mitchell, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 